Welcome to the Mavens of Marketing, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Rachel Durkin. And me, Carrie Barrett. We talk all things marketing, innovation, sales, and business growth strategies, and the standard tried and true marketing techniques. Come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights. And the borderline inappropriate jokes. Let me just ask, can you hear my children screaming in the background? No, and if we can, it just makes for good. I was going to say this. No, you must have them sufficiently locked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I have a story about locked up. Okay, what? So my, now that like their kids are always around. Yeah. So my dog's cage is in our, crate is in our bedroom. Which crate is, like is better room. than cage. Yeah, crazy. But he, I don't lock him in it. He just likes it. Like it's yeah. his- that's what she has her kids in. A crazy. Exactly. So, <laughs> so my children have taken up to like making it a fort and playing in it. Uh-huh. And my two-year-old likes to go in it. And then my son likes to lock her in and they play a yeah. game with it. So the other day I was on a call with Carolyn, my COO, and I just my I heard the baby screaming and then my five-year-old yelling. And I said, let your sister out of the cage right now. And she was just like, What's going on? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all good. Fine. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yes. Another story for the ages that's pandemic related. I swear to God, I've seen more of everybody's personal life and I'm sure they've seen more of mine than they cared to. <laughs> We've seen enough to last us like several lifetimes. So uh, this was not how we intended to start the podcast. Nevertheless, <laughs> this is a good story. Don't put your children in cages, number one, just in case you think we it's were good. We well, were played it before to keeps it quiet. They yeah. have been quiet for at least and, I, <laughs> and that was Rachel's idea, not mine. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> So uh, it's me, Carrie Barrett, and Rachel Durkin. We're glad you could join us for another episode of the Mavens of Marketing. We've got Pam Ungst here with us today. Hi, Pam. Any case? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no? Just just my dogs, you know, okay. not as exciting as putting kids in cages. No, I know. Or like... <laughs> <laughs> I was locked somewhere though. I was locked in the basement for the past week. And you're out. They let you out. I'm out. I'm above ground, both literally and figuratively. (laughs) It's ridiculous. You have glasses. You look so smart. I did. So on those. Well, I don't know about smart, but I so they're blue light glasses because on Sunday. So my Irish husband gave me a hard time for wanting to hire somebody to paint the trim in our dining room. And he's like, you're so, you know, we can just do it ourselves. So in a role reversal of stereotypes, he was making dinner and I was standing on a kitchen chair, reaching up very high to paint the trim because we have very high doorways Uh and I'm not that fat. The chair broke as I was, (laughs) as I was holding a full gallon of paint in my hand, wait, it gets better. I fell. It wouldn't be appropriate for me to take my pants off right now, but I have a bruise the size of Texas on my hip and I slammed my head into the ground and I like kind of like blanked out for a minute. Stop it. And, and I, I kind of like came to on the ground, just like looking at a paintbrush that was next to my dining room table. And my husband over me like, oh my God, are you okay? We have to go to the hospital. And my children screaming, there's paint on the couch. There's paint on the walls. It's everywhere. Gosh. And me and my proud mom moment, as I'm like coming to and in an enormous amount of pain, my husband's like, we gotta go to the hospital. We gotta get the kids in the car. I'm like, no, cause I was gonna throw up. I was like, just let me lay here while you clean the paint up. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> I care about. 
out. I was like, if it's on the floor, hardwood floors, you've got to get it up right now. He's like, I go to the hospital. I'm like, no, you've got to get the paint up. Just put the floors. Yeah, I'm like, just put the kids in the cage and get the paint up. Yes. <laughs> My priority. So now I have a concussion and I need to wear blue light glasses because I No, guess. you do. You really do? Yeah, I've been taking a lot of my calls laying in bed, sit staring at the screen. So oh you guys God. are honored for me to be not sitting in bed while I'm talking to you right now. And I, you know what? I was really wondering at some point in that story, I'm like, did she forget I asked about glasses? I yeah. was yeah. seeing- It came full circle. It did, oh. it came, came all the way around. But I was, my, my poor children were like, mommy, are you okay? I was like, get out of the room. We need to clean yeah. the paint. Like that was my priority. <laughs> let me die, but don't let the floors get there. Yeah. So now I have to go buy all new living room furniture because I salvaged the floors and I salvaged the dining room table, but the walls have splatter and all my living room furniture and my carpet is just a bit. Are you serious? I'll take pictures later and put it on social. I, oh, you should. That is good stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that something your home insurance can cover? That's a good question. I should call him up. I fell off a chair. Lesson learned. My husband, my husband wanted to save money painting trim. And so now he gets to spend several thousand dollars on living room furniture and put the kids to bed every night because I have a concussion and need to go to bed early. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) As long as I won the argument, that's all that matters. matters. (laughs) You just won the next three arguments in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. And I, I, if you start to go cross-eyed as we're talking to you, just stand down and I'll take over. That's why you were texting me Sunday and I was like, I can't answer you right now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Silent and then it was like very like one word answers. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Why is she ignoring me? I was um, like, I can't I didn't say, but that. no, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're well, but I like my priorities yeah. in life is about my hardwood floors and not my children's concern or my mental health. But anyhow, yeah. let's talk about SEO today. Yes. Pam is our SEO like nerd central. And that is, I, we say that in the nicest way because Nerds oh, I take it that way. Have people who could do what she does, we'd all be lost. So Pam introduce yourself, um, tell our audience about yourself and what you do. Okay. Well, thank you guys for having me. This has been super fun so far. <laughs> um, I'm Pam Ungst of Pam and Marketing. I also have Stealth Search and Analytics, both specialized in the same four things, SEO, PPC, analytics, and WordPress. The difference is that in Pam and Marketing, we work directly with clients and in Stealth, we fly under the radar and do work behind the scenes for other agencies. See what you did with the name there. Nicely done. See what I did there? It was yeah. very <laughs> so SEO is your jam, man. Oh yeah. That's the, the main thing that I personally am known for. I've got some, you know, rock stars on my team that handle the PPC and other things. I guess SEO and analytics are, yeah. are really my thing. Um, so yeah, I talk about SEO pretty much all day, every day. Um, and, and, and with the style of the conversation we have going on here, I think I can just straight up say that really how I feel about SEO is that it's annoying. Really? <laughs> I love it, but it's annoying. Why? Like we were just starting to talk about it. it takes forever. It's so complicated. It's so hard to understand. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. But we're glad that you have <laughs> that annoyance from us and that you handle it. So- yes. No, I, I, it's like a love hate relationship. I love yeah, it, yeah. but it's annoying. So I, I, I've been working with Pam for years. I've worked with many, as a marketing agency and a web developer, we work with many different SEO partners. Yeah. And I always say that 
when it comes to knowledge, Pam is by far the best. She's like, I feel like she reads patents at night and like takes a bubble bath and like lights a candle and has a glass of wine and is just like going through Google's patents to see what the next hour. I mean, I know she reads the patents. That's how Pam, that's how I picture That may or may not be true. (laughs) (laughs) Why I'm picturing you in a bubble bath, I don't know, but I'm just saying Pam reads their patents. And, <laughs> and updates us on what the changes are. That, that's how you anticipate their changes, right, Pam? Yeah. On, on what's going on with, with their algorithms. Because the SEO changes all the time. It doesn't necessarily, I, I would use the word evolve. So it doesn't necessarily change. It, it gets updated or it evolves. Really, it just gets more complex. It's the same core uh, concepts, but they just keep adding more nuance and detail and complexity and complexity and more complexity that it, so it doesn't change. You don't have to like straight up switch gears on anything you're doing. You just have to do it a lot more detailed, a lot more nuanced across every T dot, every I, et cetera. Is that because they're, as they continually gather new information, they're fine tuning things or? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what they say. They say they fine tune their algorithms almost daily. Sometimes, you know, when people say there's an algorithm update, that's because it was a big enough one that was noticeable enough to, to notice. Noticeable enough to notice. Um, <laughs> Allow myself <laughs> to introduce myself. <laughs> I'm going to obviously state the obvious here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just getting more and more complex all the time. And, and in a way, I can't blame them because it's, it's gotten so much more heavily used and so much more complex with mobile. So like last stat I heard, it's always going up, but last I heard 65% of searches on Google occur on mobile. Mm-hmm. As pretty much everyone knows in this world, mobile design and mobile user experience and mobile anything is more challenging than desktop. And also humans have less attention span than a goldfish nowadays. So they want instant results. So it is, it's complex. They do have to keep evolving their technology constantly to analyze the hundreds of trillions of pages mm-hmm. on the web and the influx, a fire hose influx of new content every day. And it's, it is, it's, I can see the reason for the complexity, but it doesn't change the fact that it's um, just so unbelievably difficult, especially for small businesses to succeed with it. And therefore it's just annoying. How, how, how do they navigate all those changes? Like when you talk about a small business, what did they need to know about those updates and what they need to be aware of? Unless it's something that's, you know, in your face and everybody's talking about it, which happens every now and then too. And it does have re- happen every now and again. And Google's gotten a little bit better with giving us a heads up when real big things are coming down the pike. Uh, so yes, back to the patents. That used to be the only way to stay ahead of the curve. It's hard enough to keep up with, but we would try, since it's our, specialty, our core specialty, we would try to stay ahead of the curve by looking at you know what they don't ever give out their full secret sauce but they do patent pieces of their technology which can be clues into where they're going but they've gotten a lot better with sometimes telling us where they're going like in may there's going to be uh they may push the date they keep pushing dates lately but um in the spring or later this year there'll be an upcoming pretty significant change so that's that's nice. They throw us a bone every once in a while now. Give us a heads up. Tell us about that change, Pam. And then I wanted to ask you about the, the three aspects of SEO you always explain to clients. But first, tell us about that change and what's what, what it looks like. Yes, yes. I will talk about that as far as how people can navigate all this. Um, and But first, the change coming up in May or sometime this year is, it's a, I just use the word change. I just 
preached about yes, how it's yes. not changes. Well, I know. It's nothing. <laughs> I'm Captain Obvious and a major hypocrite. Um, I'm not leading by example very well right now, but that's no. fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, so, okay, I'm going to say update. The update that's coming down the pike is uh, re with regard to what they're calling core web vitals. It's something that Google made up, like just like AMP, they make up a lot of things um, that they want you to do because, well, my conspiracy theory has to do with how it's self-serving for them and their server processing power and therefore their energy costs and their profits, but we're not going there. Um, <laughs> the update coming down the pike is they're going to incorporate core web vitals into the algorithm. So what core web vitals is, is R, is R, hard to explain, um, but it's basically an involvement of page speed optimization. So speaking of those big times where they give us, you know, they either give us a heads up or the world's really aware of a big change. A um, couple of those in the past handful of years have been in 2015, the mobile change where they it's you know they mobile get and they called it they basically yeah. just forced everyone to become mobile to get a mobile version of their website or else they're not going to rank yeah, anymore yeah. and then it was um in in smaller iterations but over the past few years they've really been hammering page speed page speed page speed and you got to make your website load nearly instantly and that's when they invented amp as one way to do that now this core web vitals thing is an, is an extension and enhancement of the page speed, uh, you know, part of the algorithm where basically it's it's kind of crossing into user experience. Some of it still is uh, page speed related and just you know setting more specific, clear metrics benchmarks to meet for that. And then, um, but a, another part of it is called cumulative. I can never say that word. Cumulative layout shift. My DLS. love working on that. <laughs> right? <laughs> brought that to us. We were like, well, we hate you now. <laughs> yeah. You already hated us. So <laughs> it's a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> like, love hate. You love uh -huh. slash yeah. hated us. Just like I love slash hate SEO. Because <laughs> we're annoying to you. Like SEO is annoying to me. One of the ways that Pam, I think, does a really good job of explaining how SEO works is kind of those three buckets that you always talk about of, of what you need to do in order to successfully optimize your site yes. and talk a little bit about the strategy behind it, because it's not just, I hate when I hear this, it makes me angry. It's not just putting whatever clients are like, can you put some keywords in my website? I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> I cannot. I mean, that's I not how it works. Yeah. So yeah. just talk to that's us a little bit about works. that and, and what you need to be doing and how, how you're strategic about it. Sure. So um, as I was saying, it just keeps getting more and more complex. Uh, there for a long time have been over 200 different factors that search engines take into account, 200 different known factors that we've figured right. out because again, they don't publish their full secret sauce. Now it's probably more closer to 300 or more than that. Um, so all these little things, you know, nuanced things like CLS, uh, which by the way, is basically when your page is loading on mobile, and you know, while it's loading, things kind of hop around and move around. Granted, oh, yes. that is very annoying to a user. Super annoying. Um, you try and click on something and then you actually click on another link and then you have to, yes, I hate that. I yes, didn't know there yes. was a word for it. I just usually have like several four letter words that come out of <laughs> when I say that. That's what we have yeah. for it too when we're trying to fix the code. Yes. Good to know. 
<laughs> yeah, so the proper uh, three-letter acronym for it is CLS, cum okay. cumulative layout check. Anyway, so there's a, so many endless uh, individual little things like that that you have to tend to that are taken into account. So it's really overwhelming. But if you just kind of zoom out to the 30,000 foot view and look at all those factors, you could really put them, any one of them into one of three buckets. And the three buckets are technical, content, and off-page. Technical meaning code type stuff, anything to do with the way the page renders, you know, this mobile stuff, the speed stuff, CLS, et cetera. All the technical, anything you would have a web developer do basically is the technical bucket. And then the content bucket is keywords, which keywords you use, where and how you use them, how you organize your content, how you link your content together, and really importantly, how often you add new content to your website. And then the third bucket is off page, which is basically anything that happens off of your website. It doesn't happen on the website itself, but things that occur off of the website that very much impact your reputation in the search engine's eyes, such as having a lot of quality websites link to your website. Quality, not quantity, right. but having high quality websites linked to you. So basically, strategically, as long as you're doing what you can manage to do within those three buckets to kind of knock off as many of those things as you can in each of those, you, know, you got to tend to each of them. Yeah. Um, but it's okay to kind of, I, I usually explain it like a game, you know, like it's okay to earn more points in one category than another. You do have to tend to all three, but you know, if it's easier for you because you're a techie to tend to the technical category, yeah. then you can kind of earn more points per se. There's no such thing as points in SEO, but right, right, you know, right. for the analogy. Um, or if you're a writer, you love to write, you can earn more points by publishing a lot of content, well-keyworded, yeah. well-written content on your website. So it's basically think of think of it as those zoomed out, that zoomed out view, those three buckets. Yeah. And do what you can. Something's better than nothing. Do what you can to tend to each bucket. So I have a question and it, you probably get this all the time. And you mentioned that it's obviously not just about keywords, but I guess my, my question is sort of a combination. You talked about uploading new content, content to the website. And I'm assuming the more new content that you upload, the better chance you have of your website ranking. So is there a perfect sort of cadence to that? And then number two, going back to that keyword issue, when you are when you are uploading new content or you're revamping, is there a way to know what you should use? How do you figure that out? And I know it's way beyond that, but for people who are interested in sort of dipping their big toe in it, how do they figure that stuff out? Sure. So as far as the cadence, that's an excellent question I get all the time. And, and sometimes I also get asked along with that, um, what's more important, frequency or length of content? Yeah. Like, should I publish one short post a week or one master big long blog post a month? Um, there's, <laughs> as, as everything is in SEO, there's no clear answer. Um, well, there's one clear answer, which is that the, the, cadence, the proper cadence is as much as possible. Okay. Well, the, 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 relationship, <laughs> I know, the relationship between the amount of content you put out, whether that's you know quantity of, of words or frequency or whatever it is, the amount of content you put out, the relationship between that and how much SEO traffic and rankings you get is like a direct diagonal line. It's just okay. the more, the better. Got so it. it's basically as much as you can handle. 
Okay. And as far as the keywords, um, there's plenty of good tools out there that will tell you exactly the way people search for things and how many times per month on average that term is searched, as well as some metrics about how competitive it is to rank for that term based on the other websites that are ranking for it. I'm assuming that part of that research may be looking at what, what some of your competitors are using that's working for them that may, may be part of the strategy. Is it better to use a word that, and I'm, I'm I don't know, uh, let's say you have a hair salon. I, I imagine there's probably a ton of, you know, there's probably a ton of people who use hair salon as a keyword, but if there's billions of people that are using it, even though you have an opportunity to get in front of a larger audience, perhaps it's going to be much harder for you to break through. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I came up with a formula to help people conceptualize this. Now, this is not an exact formula, nothing straight from Google's mouth or anything, but um, basically you want to pick keywords that are right-sized for your website. And so right-sized meaning like they are searched often, but not so much that they're out of reach for you because yeah, you can get stuck thinking about the potential of a really popular keyword, the potential exposure. But if you don't have all the other metrics in place, all the other points earned already in the other categories, you're not going to have a chance. And then basically you get no exposure by going for the big ones. Um, so basically you got to pick right size keywords and that little uh, math that I came up with for people to use as a rough guideline is look at your last 30 days of organic traffic, organic meaning traffic from SEO that you didn't pay for, not Google ads or something like that. But look at your last 30 days of traffic and try to pick keywords that have search volume uh, at or under that. Again, non-exact science. It's okay if you pick one that's more, but for example, if I get you know, 500 hits a month from organic search traffic on my website, and I'm looking at keywords and there's a keyword I wanna use, but it's searched 5,000 times a month. If Google was willing to rank my site for a term that searched 5,000 times a month, I'd probably already have more than 500 hits a month. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not an exact formula, but it's like, just use it to kind sort of gauge- like a guideline. Yeah, like that, just to, to, to pick keywords that are seemingly within reach, Yeah. you know? That's smart. I think it's so important too. And Pam, you and I, I always joke that Pam and I are always at war with each other when we're working on clients together, because for example, like robots want to see 2000 word blog posts and humans want to read, you know, five. <laughs> yes. So, you know, we're always are, you know, as we're writing content, we're like, can you approve this content for SEO Pam? She's like, you need more words. And we're like, we don't want to. So we're always trying to come to a happy medium on how to make the robots happy and the humans yeah. at the same time. But one thing that I think is so important, and I'm curious to your opinion on this, Pam, I don't know if we've ever really talked about this, is integrating SEO with your full marketing strategy. And what I mean by that is I, whenever we're doing a, whenever we're working on a client with Pam and we're doing our full marketing, we actually use the keyword research as a way to create the messaging strategy or vice versa. So whenever a client comes to me without any data and says, I want you to put hair salon in my website or, you know, um, you know, hair painting, yeah. people might, it, it, you're making an assumption that A, people are searching that way and B, that any, that's resonating with anybody and making an assumption is very dangerous in marketing. Like that's basically where all things go to die <laughs> in the world of assumptions. 
Um, and then the other and, thing, and also on page two of, of Google. I was that just going to say that. Dead body. <laughs> that's the thing that that's died. That's why you hide a dead body, yes. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is, um, like, for example, your social strategy. My team has a very, comp just for Paranoid, a very comprehensive social strategy about engagement, driving traffic to the website, you know, how we're positioning ourselves, cross-marketing, partnership, it, it accomplishes PR, it accomplishes many goals. But every month at our check-in, Pam's always saying, you didn't drive enough clicks to your website because we were focused oh, on engagement it. over clicks. And so making sure that it's fitting in with your entire strategy and rising tides raise all boats, I feel like is so important for marketers to understand and consider. Yes, I would completely agree with that. Um, fortunately, some of the things that you have to do to appease robots and search engines are the same as what humans want, like fast loading content, content yeah. that loads well on mobile, like humans want that, search engines want that. Um, but yeah, then other things are at war with each other. Like you just said, you know, the number of words, search engines only understand words. So mm -hmm. they like words. They want you to have a lot of them so that they can be sure they're understanding what they're analyzing, um, like machine knowledge and all that. Uh, so, so search engines want really long content. Humans want really short content. That's another one that's a really good uh, point that social media, um, yeah, we're always saying drive more traffic to website from social, more traffic, more traffic, more traffic. Um, but you're right, like it, it, people could take that too far and then start putting like clickbaity stuff out there yeah. and then you alienate your humans. So it's a constant balancing act. So you, you make a good point about what, what humans want what and versus the robots and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I always try and add transcription to my videos when they're on my website or when they're on social or whatever. And I know that that helps SEO. But I never really understood exactly why. So is it because you get the word count in there, but people don't necessarily have to read it? It's just there ranking, you know, for SEO and people are watching the video instead. So are you talking about putting transcriptions in the YouTube transcription section on YouTube or are you talking about on your website? Everything like from social media, videos that upload to my website, certainly YouTube, but I mean across the board. Yes. So, I mean, the answer either way is yes, it helps. And, but it's not, well, it's word count when you, when it comes to the website. Yes. But it's, it's really like the context, you know, the words themselves, search engines can't understand video content. Yeah. They can try to auto transcribe it and YouTube will, will do that. It will auto transcribe well. it. But not well. Yeah. Don't ever no. use the auto transcribe for, from YouTube. If you have an option to it's not entirely accurate. Yeah. And, and I love and you too, but not entirely accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Pam, what, when is the right time in, you know, for a marketer to implement SEO? Like, what do they need to consider? What are, it's, it's a big undertaking, but talk to us about, there's certainly benefits to us, but talk about like how to make that decision. Because in my opinion, it's, it's like, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't do SEO a little bit. <laughs> Either you do it or you don't is what I like to tell my clients, maybe not in that context. But I am so good to you know, use that going forward. You should definitely <laughs> use that. I feel like it's really go over well, a lot of your clients. <laughs> uh, but talk to them about the phases of SEO. Like when, you know, when we, when we build a site, what are the steps we take? And then the ongoing importance. And like, when is it time to make that decision 
you know, and, and how much do you have to commit, I guess is what I'm trying to ask you. Yeah, um, so that's tricky because it's different in every case. Everyone's in a different scenario with different resources at hand, different levels of time to commit to it, different levels of budget to commit to it, different stages of where they're at with their website. You know, they may be building a brand new one or they may be redesigning one that's been around for 10 years. Um, the person that's redesigning one that's been around for 10 years is gonna have an easier time diving right into SEO than the brand new website. So it's really case by case, but a few core concepts are the sooner the better because it takes a lot of time to work no matter where you are in your journey. It's not instantaneous. So basically it's as early as you possibly can start tending to it, but ensuring that you are ready to tend to it. So it's as early as you can be truly ready. And by truly ready as I mean, dedicate resources to it. Like like being pregnant, like, you know, when you're truly, there's never a perfect time to, to have a child. It's never a perfect you time do to have a baby. It's pretty important. <laughs> Once it comes, you've got to feed it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the perfect That's analogy. a good analogy. It really well is. done. Yes. Once it's there, you have to feed it or else it's going to die. And that's how SEO works. <laughs> you could just put it in a cage and put like a bowl of water there or something. <laughs> Not a gerbil. <laughs> All right, it's getting weird. <laughs> but you know, one of the things I always tell clients is you have to, depending on the domain authority and the, the how old the website is and you know your other marketing mojo, you're really committing, you're looking a lot of clients will come to me and say, I want to do SEO. And I'll say, okay, but but their goal is also to get a return on investment within three months of something. That's and it. I always say SEO is not going to do that for you. Now I'm a big believer in SEO. We get a ton of leads from SEO and really good ones. And it certainly pays for itself, but it took a good 12 to 18 months to start enjoying that. And so it's really a commitment of a long-term growth plan. And if you're looking for a payout in 30 to 60 days, SEO is probably not right for you, but PPC might be right. And more a combination of the two. So maybe you could just talk about those types of strategies. Yeah, definitely. So another good analogy is um, like investing in your retirement. You don't like, you know, take a bunch of money, put it into a, a mutual fund and expect to have had that money grow tremendously by the next week or even at all. Uh, it, it's kind of similar, like it's slow and steady wins the race. You, you chip in, you contribute to the account, you know, as regularly as you can. And then it starts to grow and then grow and then grow very slowly. But over time, like, you know, 12 to 18 months from now, you will be very happy that you did that. But during those 12 to 18 months, you're going to be like, ah, I'm not getting anything. I'm putting all this in and I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, so yeah, so PPC, AKA, <laughs> PPC, AKA pay-per-click, AKA SEM, search engine marketing. <laughs> There's a bunch of acronyms for you. Basically, um, paying for search engines to send traffic to you by paying for the ads at the top yeah. um, is a, a much quicker way to get traffic. So if you need it now, you're gonna live or die by it right now, then don't pick the method that's gonna take a year or more. <laughs> Go with the PPC. But the downside of the PPC is you pay for every single click you ever get. It's a very yeah. fixed very you know, thing. Um, SEO, it's while like it's a negative- yeah, that's a good, another good analogy. We're killing it with the I'm analogies. I'm crushing the analogies today. I know. Write them down. We all are. forget them. <laughs> At least that's what Seriously. I'm... This is being recorded, right? Okay, good. 
So yeah, exactly. steal all your analogies going forward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hire you just to write analogies for me. Perfect. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not usually this good. So you, this is all you're getting. <laughs> oh, we, we have to give her a concussion more often. <laughs> it's working out really well for me. Um, <laughs> I love it. So uh, I think what I was saying was that the, the PPC has a very, the paid search ads have a very fixed cost. You're always going to pay for every single click. So, but with SEO, while it's a negative ROI at first, it's just like starting a business. Here's another analogy. It's just like starting a business. You sink a lot into it at first and it's a yeah. negative ROI at first. Then you hit some kind of break even point where the amount you're putting in is the amount you're getting out. And then, but everything after that is gravy. So yeah. there's an exponential rate of return on mm -hmm. SEO that you'll never get with PPC, but you have to have the patience, right. a lot of patience. Wait through to the end. A dedication. Keep feeding the baby. Don't just leave it in the cage. Not a one and done sort of situation. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I can't wait to see the social um, intro post for this. Like, you want to hear about putting babies in cages and giving yeah. Rachel concussions? Yes. You can't be a little bit pregnant. And what does all that happen? You to know. These three are a mess. <laughs> I'd like to see them much more often. Um, <laughs> So with that, our, our time is almost up, but Pam, I want to, I would love for you to tell us what you have cooking, what's coming up, any big projects or products that you're working on. And if people are interested in learning a little more about what you do, where can they find you? Sure. So uh, the main place, if you want to work with us directly is pamannmarketing.com. And the other place, if you're an agency would be stealthsearchandanalytics.com and um, so that's it. also on, on social anywhere, you know, yep. Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Pantman marketing everywhere. Um, as far as what we've got coming up, we're working on educational products. You know, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching with business owners who want to learn how to do, like I said, whatever they can do to tend to each of the categories in their unique case. And so I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one consulting and coaching and training for that. Um, but I want to provide more consulting and train or training, um, you know, on, on a wider basis to be accessible to a lot more people yeah. for, you know, a, a lesser cost, of course, too. So I recently started teaching uh, a class for um, County College Morris, CCM, uh, and analytics, the college course, and it's been a fantastic experience. I, I, I'm loving it, but it was different, like putting together a curriculum for a course, oh, a yeah. college course versus putting together a workshop for business. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I love what I'm learning. I'm learning by yeah. being a teacher. And so I want to take that and make some really good, high quality educational products, courses, videos, eBooks, et cetera, for people to consume that are beyond what's out there in the market now. Awesome. Congrats. Thanks. You're fabulous. We loved having you. You're both fabulous. You have to come Thank back. you so much. This is Thank fun. You. Absolutely. I would love to. <laughs> and that's a wrap on this week's episode of the Mavens of Marketing. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. It's a teaser. Have you ever wondered what's going on up here when you talk to a client or a potential client, how all of this mumble jumble affects your business growth, your business development, your revenue, and how you target people? Well, if you haven't, 
And especially if you have, we've got all of the secrets next week with Dr. Jean. She has a PhD, that's right, in business psychology, and she's going to teach us how to use our clients' mindset for their benefit and ours. We'll see you then.